certainly was in the right. Unbelievable. Classic. Yes, people. We're here. It's live. It's happening. It's the Sarsen Dancing Show! We're up to you! You the lads. Yes, you are very welcome to the start of your Thursday broadcast here on Open Tempo FM 105.1 or checks out and stream at opentempofm.com. As always, 6 to 8 p.m. Thursday. It's the Thursday Thursday show with myself. 10 past 6. They're in thereabouts. <laughs> They're in thereabouts. We're here. It's live. It's Briz, myself, Smart and Graham. Very good evening to you, sir. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. It's right. Uh, also, a man in recovery for for two for a big recovery from the weekend. Big recovery, man. Big recovery. And not not the usual reasons. No, no. I ran up. I ran up a set of stairs today. Yeah, which is staggering for a man who ran thirty nine miles on thirty nine point three. Oh, all right, okay, I'm not going to take the point three off you. <laughs> There's a fair fair point to make that an exact figure. Yeah, 39.3 miles. Yeah, yeah, it was long enough. Yeah, um, not not quite long enough. Just to put that in perspective, that's a marathon and a half. Yep, marathon and a half. Yeah. Pure glutton for punishment. Pure yeah, glutton for that's, punishment. That's the, and, and for charity as well. Oh, of course. Oh, geez, Bloody do-gooder. I wouldn't do that for myself, but you give over. <laughs> I wouldn't do that for no, any other reason. Um, yes, of course, for the Edmund Rice summer camps, which uh, I do harp on about on this page. I'm oh, sorry, on this radio station. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we raised a few quid. I'm not sure of the exact number, but we got a few donations. So Yeah, it's going to be resting in your account anyway. So oh, you know, yeah, you trust I mean, it's, all donations. It's interest, yeah. like, you know, you know yourself, like. But, um, yeah, 39, so this was up in uh, Connemara. In the hills of Connemara. Yeah, so lovely, like, not a nice flat route, like. Uh, it was flat in parts, and, like, the overall elevation wasn't actually that bad. It was, I think, I can't think of the number now, but it was a gradual elevation, which was kind of good and bad, whereas, like, I wasn't, like, running up mountains, but at the same time, hills went on for, like, a mile. Yeah, it was so steep. Inclines. Yeah, there's there's a bit at the end called uh, Hill in the West. I think it's like mile thirty seven and mile thirty eight, and it's just a really gradual hill mm-hmm. that lasts like a mile and a half. But there's a lovely mile and a half downhill on the other yeah, side. Yeah, it's where you want to be finishing, where you're just literally just tumbling down the hill. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, actually, when I got past when I got past that and I was running down the hill, uh, the order of Malta drove up beside me. <laughs> it's no joke. It's all you coming. It's all you coming. They drove up behind me, and uh, he was. He said, "Like you know, like just kind of go handy with it, right beside your man." He stuck his head out the window. He was like, "You all right? You want coke or water or something like that?" And I was like, "No, I'm fine. I just went past the water station here. I'm all right." He goes, "Are you sure? Like, are you okay? You feeling all right?" I was like, "I look terrible, do I?" He goes, "Man, you look like you, know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you look like about the keel over." I was like, "Well, I just ran 38 miles." And he went, "All right, yeah, fair enough." I was like, "Sure, keep an eye on us in the rear view." I said, "Mess," and he was like, "I will." And he drove. <laughs> A snail's pace in front of me for the next 10 minutes <laughs> while I finished the race. No joke. I was like, lads, I can't look that bad. <laughs> I don't know. After 39 miles, I don't think anyone is going to look in any sort of shape or form of well. Or, no. Or still, like, their the capacity to still get to the, the last mile over. Yeah. No, I, uh, typical thing, like, when I got to the last mile and I could see the finish line, I could actually run. But I got to a stage where, like, after, like, mile 30, if I was walking, it was actually painful. If I was running, it was fine. Mm. Because so. I, I suppose, like, when you're at that kind of stage of it, 
it's about just keeping your body moving because if you stop you'll just seize up and yeah, fall over pretty much yeah things get weird after mile 30 at mile 34 I literally couldn't move I was actually standing there going right yeah I'm done but there was no one around so I was like well I better keep going because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're in the middle of a city doing around you're out in the wilds of Connemara and you're yeah. just kind of hoping someone runs past you and like you okay Umfla? I'm going to run two miles yeah. to the next person don't and, move uh, yeah, stay there. I know in fairness, like, I mean, they did have a lot of cars driving up and down, um, checking to make sure there was no one collapsing, because this is an ultra at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, like, there's no one turning up for this thing in a Mr. Blobby suit. Like, no. Well, no, it was a half marathon and a marathon course, so I bet, you know, it, was a, it was a serious course. I found out, did I tell you what the course record is what? for an ultra marathon? Uh, so, anyway, to give perspective, okay, um, this is a marathon and a half. What would you? What's your best marathon time? Twenty six miles. My best marathon time is three hours and fifty eight minutes. So that's just under four hours. Yeah, I think the guy who just set the new record at the London Marathon was something about two and a half. Or two something? and a half, yeah, two and a yeah, half. Is so that's that's, that's good going. Like you know, you're not a professional or anything like that, but you're not. No, no, I'm doing about nine minute miles now. This one was an absolute disaster. I think I was doing like twelve minute miles because I was actually down to walking and jogging. Yeah, but you're you're adding that. But that's what I'm saying. So you're looking at about a nine minute mile, about nearly four hours. Kind of an average about about four hours on a a normal marathon. On the ultra marathon, what kind of time did you what time did you log in? Oh, I logged in seven hours and fifty two minutes. Yeah, again, just on the limit, like yeah, again, fair, like you know, people would say, oh, would you not get in for about five or six because you usually do four and it's only another half but you have to run another half of a marathon after you've ran a marathon so your yeah. body is just generally going to wear away on that like yeah yeah so with that in mind do you want to hazard a guess as to what the men's record is for that course it wasn't made this year now it was made a few years ago I, I'd, I'd have to say about four or five hours somewhere in that mark so just for 39.3 miles yeah and and the guy who just said the new london marathon was about two and a half yeah so this guy did it i can't think of his name now i must look it up Three hours and fifty six minutes. I want a, I want a million miles away. <laughs> no, you aren't. But like, think about it. That's like an hour for the half marathon and two and a half hours for a full. Jeez. Oh yeah. No, that's a professional runner. That's right? the, That's yeah. That's, that's a, a guy. That's that's a dude who like you know he's not he's not going working in Tesco on the Monday after. No, like, no, 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 no. He's he's going running something else. Like yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, but even the guy who came first did in like four and a half hours this yeah. year. Like yeah. Savagery. That's pretty decent. That's, over, you're not doing over forty as well, like over forty. Yeah. Damn. Fair play to you, sir. Wherever yeah. you are. I must. Have, yeah. His name's in the results. I must actually look his name up. Like, but I think he was in like one of those over hundred marathon clubs. So right, yeah. So he's not doing shy, it, like every weekend. He's out doing a marathon. Well, I, I found out like like you come across these people they've done like and you see news articles be like yeah you know people have done like hundreds and five hundred marathons. My five hundred marathon and stuff like that. People would say not me. They've done like six. Yeah. But, um, uh, and you're thinking how do they do it like where do they find the time there's such thing as marathon holidays where like you go you go off to I don't know say like Spain for 10 days and you do a different marathon every day god damn yeah now there may not be official like marathons but they're marathon distances so you can knock out like 10 marathons or just tour to different marathons yeah. and do them and uh, yeah you knock out 10 in 10 days and like you do that 3 times a year that's 30 if that's your thing if that's your thing yeah and why are you doing the rest of the year then you're probably training because that's that's your deal that's what you're into like, yeah, so. yeah yeah some people just run like run really long distances yeah god damn yeah keeps you fit I guess yeah, <laughs> whatever keeps whatever keeps you out of the pub <laughs> exactly exactly I know it was it was different it was my first one out, out in the west um, the only one I haven't done the only place I haven't done it yet is the north so that'd be interesting right, yeah. yeah done one obviously Waterford done Waterford Dublin Cork 
Galway. I'd like to be doing one up north. Just see what the crack is. It'd be interesting doing one up the north. Somewhere up around Donegal or something. Very mountainous. It'd be tougher again. You're at a higher altitude. Mm. Yeah, I know it's not majorly to, different. I won't be able to understand any of the officials. Might as well be doing it in a foreign country. Yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be, I'd say that'd be interesting, all right. Uh, I think the plan for the next one, anyway, is do the Waterford Marathon. Yeah. You, you back that out, no matter now at this stage. Oh, man, I was looking up the route. They're after changing it. It's, pro- it's great. Do yeah. it, I was telling you last year. Um, there was yeah, you were saying there was problems with the route last year. That's teething problems. Like, I mean, there's the, like they've only been doing the Waterford Marathon for a few years, so you're going to, like... It's they're, trial they're, and error, they're like. figure, yeah, they're figuring things out, and it's it's one of those things you can have guys go out and trial the route or whatever, but you're trying to do it as a consensus for a mass of people, not mm. just four or five guys that are testing. So yeah. it is it's it's harder to kind of gauge that. It just kind of has to happen, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, they have to fix the problems afterwards. Yeah, exactly. It's like that, but like that, there was a few problems with the route last year, just stuff they didn't think about, and um, but they got rectified. Like for instance, there was just one part nobody liked. Which was um, what's that garden center off of the Greenway? Um, what's it called? But it's not Belmont. It's um, no Congreve. Yeah. Do you know the hill that brings you up there? Yeah. We had to run up that twice. Damn. Now after the first time was fine. It's a little tough, but like after like sixteen miles, you have to do it again. Damn. And you had to run around a cone four hundred meters ahead of it, turn back around, and run up the hill then. And that seems fine, but like when you after sixteen months, you try, if you yeah. try turning a tight circle. That's pretty much stopping, which is horrible. Like, um, and then run up the hill. If I'm correct, I looked at the map. You have to run down the hill this time. Okay, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the right way to be doing it. I, it's it's like you say, there's no problem with doing that kind of thing once hmm. when it's even if you have to do it twice early on within the first ten, let's say. Hmm. If they could map it that way, it could probably work. But as just as you're getting to the deep end, then you're going to hit. You're you'd say yourself for me talking to you. You once you hit by about mile twenty, it's just all pure grit. Oh yeah, that, yeah, like it's and pure just, grit, like yeah, yeah. It's mostly because like when you're training, like you don't you don't go out and run twenty six miles unless you're doing ultras. Yeah. Um, you don't do the full distance. Like you'd be surprised. Like if you train for like up to seventeen, eighteen miles, you can do twenty six. Like. So it's all about pacing yourself and then yeah. mostly it is a mental battle like mm. like from mile seven or eight you're in your head you're just thinking just stop you've run enough like you've gone to you've gone far enough like you're fine you don't have to do this like and then you just have to like tell yourself to shut up and do it like yeah i mean but that's i suppose that's the kind of thing of when the difference i suppose with running is i suppose to like playing in soccer or hurling matches it's a team sport so if you kind of start to lag somebody else picks it up and they someone's going to come along straight away and stop you in the back to see you but it's a singular sport it's an individual sport so your mentality is almost more prominent than your physical ability Mm. because it's it's you like look you're on a marathon route there's always going to be people clapping you along and saying keep it going but it really is on you to keep going and want to do it you know yeah that's that's what i learned about this weekend it was like uh people can like and i actually i bumped into a guy uh patrick uh really nice guy i, I was my third i wanted to stop and he kind of got me going again he gave me a bounty bar as well which was, which was which is, yeah grace. which is doesn't sound like Jesus, much but once you've ran 30 miles Any a bounty sort of bar would like, be mana from god even if you don't like bounties like you'll eat a bounty bar after 30 miles i, I happen to like him uh but uh yeah like that like he got me going again some other woman stopped and t- sort of slowed down to talk to me and like but I realised I was like all oh, these people can like push me and encourage me and stuff but I actually have to do it myself I can't yeah. short- there's no shortcuts like there's no lobbing it off to someone else like it's literally just I have to move like yeah 
and that's really depressing when you want to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Got that, Supermax on the way home. It's class. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd need that. I mean, but sure. But this is the thing of marathon training and stuff like that as well. And long distance Ironman triathlons. The, the training that goes into it is absolutely strenuous. I even could imagine that. But the diet going into it, it's just about feeding mm. more than anything. There's a really good documentary on Netflix. I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, it's about this lady. I think it's just such called Run or something like that. Uh, I'd recommend check it out. It's about something about an hour long, but it's about. I think I mentioned this before. It's about a woman. She's been doing ultras her whole life, and mm-hmm. she's about forty now. And she's kind of coming to the tail end of her career, and she wants to try something mad. It's like the longest uh, trail run in America. It's like two thousand five hundred miles, something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. You, you you go across like four or five mountain ranges, like you just run up and down them, like and. Uh, she had to do it the record was like seven days so Wait, this is one run yeah it's one run yeah and it takes seven days to complete that's the record so before she did it that was the quickest time that lay it that the women did it uh some guy did it in like four days god damn and, yeah, and like he's sleeping in between oh yeah, yeah no like how it happens is like um basically you have a crew okay and you have they have trucks with big wide like just big space in the back and that's where you sleep and like they get to the next stop and they they kind of track you okay where's this person okay they're about a mile away right get the food ready get all this ready get their bed ready you go in you get some food you go sleep bang up two hours there you're, you're going again god damn or like depending on your time you might just get a half hour kipping up you go again god damn. it'd be kind of like that like the the ultra i plan on doing in september would be kind of like that there's eight sort of stations yeah and the one I, yeah the the one i finish off about herself we'll get on to that oh yeah yeah but anyway she um it was just it was wait what was I saying again I yeah the documentary oh yeah the documentary um, but like that um, it just shows like the like the diet doesn't really come into it like it doesn't really matter what you eat and that's because I was watching it with the with Orla and she, um, she was like she's eating like really fatty cheeseburgers and she's drinking coke and like and so I thought she had to be really healthy I was like doesn't matter she's gonna burn it off yeah you're and just you're literally going to run it off no but like problem. they had to wear at every single station because if she dropped too much weight like the shock to her body could actually kill her yeah absolutely that's uh, all that stuff that you queued that you just don't think about yeah. like until you go to do it and even to put that in like more of a frame you're going to be competing like i said in something similar to that in september plant anyway yeah yeah plant um that takes your i think you're telling me this before does that take place over three days no, no it's overnight it's just an overnight it's i think it's like it's it starts like say a friday morning and i think it's ends saturday night is the cutoff Right, okay. And what, and what kind of distance is that then? Uh, 120 miles. <laughs> 200 kilometers. Sweet Jesus! <laughs> it's. I thought it was the Ring of Kerry. It's not the Ring of Kerry. You just pass through a lot of villages in Kerry. Okay. Um, you probably pass through like the whole of Kerry. <laughs> I'd say you put a big old dent in it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's a lap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lap of carry. What I mean, what I mean is like you start, you finish where you start. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like that, there'll be uh, like eight or nine stations along the way, like every like twenty odd miles, mm-hmm. and there'll be a crew, like my old, like people that I know, like that you organise this yourself. Yeah, and they'll have like food ready and stuff like that, and just somewhere to lie down for a few minutes, and then up you get and go again. Like, mm-hmm. and anything you need, like your feet are in bits, you need to retape your feet and stuff. That's so important. Yeah, Jesus, like um, I'm so thankful, like. Do you know the way you have toes that not not quite cross over, but there's no gap between them? 
Yeah. I'm so glad I taped them up because it would have been bits otherwise. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. From the friction and stuff like that. You'd be surprised. Like, the blisters you get, man, is ridiculous. Yeah, Mar- people who do a long distance run, their feet are generally like nightmares. Yeah. Like, yeah. stuff, this stuff, genuine terrors are made of. Like, yeah, is it like the, is, um, if you want to watch something mental, watch the Berkeley Martins. Did I, show, did I tell you about that before? Right. It's on Netflix. But these two, it's based off of a, it's this run and it's about like they tell you it's about a 20 mile loop mm-hmm. and it's true or false there's no you get a map you get the you get one look at the map that shows you the course and then you, you just gotta work it out you gotta plot it out and after that you don't get to see it you make your own way um they pick up uh at like mile intervals or every few mile intervals there's books and say you're number 34 you've got to go to page 34 rip it out and put it in a plastic container and how they know you've done the route is that you'll have 12 pages which are number on from the different books that they've left out right uh, it's really low tech sort of one like but um there's a that's one lap so you can do one lap and you can finish it and you're great but yeah. if you do three that's known as a fun run jesus <laughs> and if you do five you actually complete the race so five marathon, like five twenty-six mile loops. So that's about yeah. You're hitting up about one hundred and twenty miles. Yeah, so one hundred twenty miles. Uh, but oh, see, damn. the bad thing is, right? So say say you come back first, okay. right? You go out first. I don't know how the pick who comes first, who go who goes out first in the uh, at the start. But say you come back first. Oh, sorry, everyone starts at the start. What was that? Everyone goes out, but whoever comes back first, um, you can literally go get something to eat, change your runners, and head straight back out. So it's all on you, like, how yeah. my, how often and how much you want to go at this, like... Yeah, exactly. If you come back after the first one, you can say, no, I'm done, that's it. They go, okay, fair enough, you completed it, there's your... They don't even give you a cert or anything, you just know you've done it. Yeah. It's... it's the two lads run after stone mad. Um, <laughs> but, um... When you come back in first, they'll say, okay, which way do you want to go? Like, you can go the way you just came, or you can do it in reverse. And you say, right, I want to do it the way I just came. All right, go ahead. And then the guy who comes in second, you have to do it in reverse. The guy who came back first wanted to do so it. So they have to keep so it what, alternates then from there yeah, yeah yeah what's the idea with that uh just um is that just to stop people just following each other no no not really no it's uh it's just keep it interesting yeah because like if you come back first you have the advantage you can either try it the other way or you can go the way you just went and just get, build up a bit of a lead yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's a cool idea man yeah but there's oh there's just like there's, there's one bit in it where like one guy does three and he's like no i'm done i'm actually done i can't do it anymore and the guy's like just try it once more like no, but that's but this is the thing as well like uh, what i would think listening to that is straight away is you're like you could have done this three times already and you need to do it five times to complete it the fourth time you go you could be disorientated for, because of the effort that you're putting in and then you have to go out and plot that course and maybe you have to go backwards or it's very easy to get yourself lost and then really yeah. get into a model then like there's a guy <laughs> there's the one guy who competed and he's like I have the course record for the slowest time <laughs> <laughs> he did like two miles and he got lost <laughs> he said what did he do he said he was like uh, I, I was doing two hour miles <laughs> <laughs> just got lost and when you get lost it's your own tough yeah, I they suppose give, they like, don't give you a flare or nothing. Like, yeah, I think the only thing you could do there that'd be one of those ones. It's like if if you were doing anything else, you'd be like, just keep pushing on, you'll end up somewhere. But there, it would genuinely be like, sit down on the ground and have a think about it because yeah. <laughs> you just don't know where you're Pretty going. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like I didn't, I didn't pay anybody to watch it. It is the most, even if you're not interested in running, it's the most mental thing you'll ever watch. It's called the Berkeley Marathon. It's on Netflix as well. Yeah, um, like how they start the race is one guy lights a fag. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, I'll, uh, the race starts when I smoke this cigarette. <laughs> it's brilliant um, and it's based off of um, 
there's a prison. There's an old. It's it's. I think it's decommissioned now, but there's a prison by Berkeley. Oh, I was at Berkeley. That's yeah, Berkeley yeah. Americans. Um, I would have thought it would have had something to do with the college or something. No, like no, that. it's a prison. Uh, that's there's nearby. Berkeley and this college, guy, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I think so. But yeah. the story basically is that uh, two of the guys that set up. One of them was watching a report about a guy who escaped from that prison and got about four miles and then just sat down on the ground and got caught. Right. And he was like, well, that's ridiculous. I could definitely run outrun that. Like, this guy's like a trail runner and stuff like that, or was like when he was younger. Yeah. And he was like, it's ridiculous. I definitely could have run for I could have ran 20 miles. I could have ran 120 miles on that. And the other guy was like, you sure about that? Yeah. Let's make a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> and no, do you know, I, I can literally, right, I can see the conversation being, I could definitely outrun four miles. I'd, I'd do way more than you. No, I'd do way more than you. Well, we have to try and map it out then. And then it just became this big, stupid, convoluted game. And now it's yeah. a marathon. That's yeah. run every year. It's brilliant. Like, does um the entry fee changes every year? Just depends on what the guy needs. <laughs> so like he was like, yeah, one year, one year I need socks, so I want to bring him like a pack of six socks, <laughs> or he wants a flannel shirt one year, so I want to bring him a flannel shirt size XL. Like, it's one fifty and like one fifty to try and enter, um and then like obviously hundreds, and hundreds of people. Uh, you have to put it's actually you have to put, like send in a CV like. What do you do? Are you an average Joe? Do you have a PhD? And what's your reason for doing what's it? What's your reason for doing it? Yeah. And yeah. So, like, like, if you're just like the top marathon runner in the world, he's probably going to be like, nah. Nah, exactly. <laughs> it might just go, nah, he's going to do it. No, don't, don't like that. Or this fella, well, this fella's stone mad. He might just try it, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's literally how they pick it out. Like, it's totally random. And then they send, him a, they send you a letter and it just says, unfortunately, you've been picked for the <laughs> madness. Like. That's brilliant. I love that. It's just that it's because. Obviously, right, running is such a discipline and it's taken so seriously by people that do it and stuff, you know. Mm. And, and then, like, obviously, you think it, when you think of running that, you think of the Olympics and the discipline that they have and they basically live like monks and all this kind of stuff. And then there's just lads who just don't care. And no. it's just pure chaos. It's just beautiful. Pure chaos, pure it's stubbornness. It's a beautiful thing of it. I mean, like, you can't go into something like that with pure recklessness. You kind of need to know what you're doing. But at the same time, yeah, you can. they, they kind of go outside the lines of normality and what you think of... A marathon runner is like yeah and most of the time most of the people that enter don't even like running they just they're just that kind of people like they described it as like it, it's a character they look for it's those people who just think to themselves how far can i go can i do one lap can i do two laps will i mess up the first one will i do five yeah. i just want to see how far i'll go it's it's far it's far more kind of like the adventure seeker rather than the, the well-disciplined runner yeah just someone who wants to see what their limit is yeah but it's interesting to do that though because i mean you know every it's a, that's kind of an easy one to step into is run the marathon see how far you can push yourself you know mm. and what kind of how you could discipline yourself into doing something like that I'd probably but, recommend like try a 5k first like before you yeah obviously so, like, <laughs> walk the goddamn thing yeah. <laughs> there was marathon walkers actually yeah i thought that was that was interesting i thought that was kind of interesting i was just looking at the at the itinerary of it and uh like the very last people to start were marathon walkers people would walk wait the very last months. people to start See, we started at nine o'clock. Yeah, but you're doing the ultra. You're doing the longest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it was just I would have thought the people walking would have started first, and then that way, they're they'll get back in time. Um, actually, no. They, they didn't start the late. They didn't start the latest. The it was us, the marathon runners. I think the walkers started soon after the marathon runners actually, and then it was the half marathon, which is makes sense because you probably walk the marathon in about six seven hours. Yeah. But I just thought it was strange, like that you'd walk twenty six miles. That that that, that drove me mental. I don't know if I could walk for 26 miles. I mean, like, I've always said it, like, me and you have had conversations that I do think I'm in a decent enough shape and have, I'm stubborn enough that I could probably do a half marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you could. That's 13 miles, that's 21k, like. But, like, 
<laughs> a full I couldn't definitely couldn't do a full like crash it's, out. I think my I, I just wouldn't be physically able to. I'd really have to train for that see, ball. You'd have to train. Yeah, of course, yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, train it's for it, it's like. that much of a feat that you do have to. You can't you can't be messing around. No, you can't. Like it's um like you do have to train for. Well, actually, no, um, it's not technically true. Uh, what's what's that comedian's name? Uh, he does drag and English comedian. The David Williams. No, no, not David. Williams. Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard did a string of marathons without training. I thought he did train for them. I don't think he did. I feel I like he did. The, no, he done thing. like about like ten or something in a week. He had to train for them. Yeah, I like to think that's. I I, I hope he trained because like that's that's. No, he couldn't. Say. Like your body couldn't. A doctor wouldn't allow you to do that. You and like the people organizing them wouldn't allow him to do that because that's a genuine health concern. Then, because yeah. you know what? In fairness, if fluke of flukes you get to about the third one and you've completed them. After that, your body will just automatically shut you down. Like. Well, so, you know, a weird thing happens. You're, like, that. you would literally just be like, you would try to start to run the fourth one and your body would just make you crap yourself to stop you running. Like. Probably, but like, I mean, like, see, there's another interesting that happens. There's another thing to keep in mind as well is that when you get to that stage, like, for instance, what's, what's that dude's name? He he ran 30 marathons in 30 days for that, for the Irish Heart Foundation. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? I can't think of his name now, but... Um, is he, like, an athlete or a celebrity? He's, he's from Waterford. Is, is, Fader, is that uh, the guy with the wash machine in his back? No, no, it's a different guy. Um, but uh, he did the 30 marathons, and he cartwheeled over the finish line the, for the Waterford Viking Marathon. Um, I don't know the guy. Um, he, fair play to him, though. Yeah, he, he tried to organise a swim uh, excuse me, from the north down to the south, from the tip of Ireland down to the south of Ireland. God damn. Uh, it didn't go to plan, but like that—that's a lot harder to organize than running. Yeah, because you have the to marathons have... are set out, and all you really need to organize is staff to follow you. Yeah, but with this, like you have to go through like sh- sh- business channels and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah you're talking fishery like. boards about making sure the waters are clear, and then mm-hmm. you have to have lifeguards on duty, and then and if the water ain't safe, really... you can't swim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a whole lot more goes into that. Fair play to him, though. Yeah, um, but he did the he did that, and people were thinking like that's an amazing thing, but. What people wouldn't think about is that once he did the 30 marathons, he couldn't just, like, right, put my feet up now. He had to go for a run the next day, like... Yeah, because your heart rate... And wind wind his body down, like, you know, go out and do a 20-mile run, 17, 18, 17, 16, 15. Like, just get it back down to what he normally does, because I think he just just does that anyway. Like, he's a a very fit kind of guy. Like, remember he passed me out, actually, and this was his last marathon, like, this was number 30. And I was kind of wilting, like, it was up mile 16, 17. It's fine. It's fine. You had two guys on either side. You had a guy on your side of my bike just in case he collapsed, and he was chatting away to the two. Not a bother. He wasn't really going for times, like, well, he got in a neat, like, four hours or something like that. Yeah, he's still, like, clock. He's really chalking him down. Like. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's your last one and you're at home as well, like. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. win the league at home. <laughs> you're not going in. You're not going to just put in a one knot, and you're going to put up like a seven knot. Oh yeah, or yeah, like, like that. he can't really love, I think he can't really love to finish like he's <laughs> mental like that. Like, I want to. I, I usually do a bit of a. Sp- I say a sprint, but I actually watch myself run over and kind of guilty. I thought it was sprinting. It was just like a mile jog. Is the way I look <laughs> it at it. It felt like sprinting. At it the felt time. like sprinting. I could see my knees coming up, and I watched the video back, and I was like, oh, I'm. I felt like I was going a lot faster. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um interesting though has to be said yeah and like running has taken off a lot in this country like especially in Waterford I think Waterford's fantastic for running for a simple reason I think I think there was always there was always an athletics club and Ferrybank was very big for as well in Waterford athletics club so they were always there I mean like you know the big sport here anyone would say it is soccer in Ireland but mm. that's kind of the genuine interest but team sports 
they do kind of they'll always get more kind of a, an attention and a draw to it because mm. do you want to you want to go and watch Martin you stand at a stage you go no to the next stage it's not it's not the greatest spectator sport do you ever watch marathon running on your on Eurosport no I've watched some mental stuff on Eurosport though yeah I, I, I turned on marathon running for all 10 seconds before I turned it straight off it's the most it's, boring sport on the planet it's, it's this thing right it's not a boring sport it's great when it gets to the finish and that but it's just not a spectator sport you know what I mean four hours of people running like it's yeah it's gonna, I, don't, I don't mind saying it like, I, like there is times when like I'm doing it I get bored like yeah but you just I don't know like what's what's really nice if you get a nice um, place like Connemara or something like that just the, like the scenery is amazing like mm-hmm. uh, there's no one there's this weird thing that happens like I stopped and I, I wasn't even tired I stopped at like around mile 20 was, the reason I stopped was to take in the view yeah. so I was like because yeah, there was cut off times if you I had to do the first 13 miles by two and a half hours which I did was fine and you had to do the full marathon under five and a half hours which most people did was fine um, so after that they didn't really care how long you took yeah but you essentially had another two and a half hours to do the last 13 miles and uh, yeah I just stopped taking the view I was like yeah I got, I got a minute I'm just gonna have a look around because you're just surrounded by all the mountains in the Connemara area like and it's it's really nice and then it started raining so I was like right I gotta get run yeah I'm not getting caught in this again lovely westerly winds blowing in my face like cutting out yeah oh stop but, but um, yeah no that's that's kind of the, the one thing that kind of keeps you distracted yeah, it's but again we talk about it's the mental strength, but it's, it's the same for kind of any individual sport. Your your mental uh, persistence mm. is so it's more mental than physical, like yeah. Um, but yeah, like like I was saying, the well, what's what's handy about running? I think why it's getting so popular is that like there's a lot more places to do it. Like I mean, if you're listening now and you just get a notion to go running, you just got to put your runners on and head out the door, like. Yeah, you go out the greenway. Yeah, go out the greenway. Greenway's fantastic for it, actually. Yeah. Stay on the left-hand side, though. You might get mowed down by cyclists. Mm. Watch your lanes. <laughs> stay Watch your in lanes. your lane, runners. Stay, stay in your lane. lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, you know me. I do go running, but I'm kind of different. I don't like going running where there's people. Yeah. So. I won't blame you, either. I actually prefer to go run by myself. Yeah. And I, like, well, I, I go running at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning as well, which is always... <laughs> It always make you always see the maddest like you always see mad stuff when you go out running anyway. But like, you go running at five o'clock in the morning. I see you see some interesting stuff. stuff. Yeah, like, like I was telling you about the time I got pulled over by the guards. Like that was hilarious. <laughs> like you were wearing all black. Like what yeah, you that was that was the thing. I just got I, like I go out running at five o'clock in the morning, and obviously it's dark out. You know, I've just got my headphones in. I'm just running. It's fine. And like I never clocked that I'm wearing a black hoodie black track ends a black pair of runners yeah, like running. cat burglar going around like yeah exactly like I look like I, I look like the scummiest cat burglar ever <laughs> cat burglar around boy. yeah and that's and Gary's pulled me in one night because I looked extremely dodgy I'm just this guy dressed in all black running around the place you probably fit a profile like. yeah can I just actually we're talking about fashion I've seen something amazing today okay i seen a gentleman wearing um, he's wearing jeans with like a full um denim shirt but yeah like, that's that's the thing denim on denim denim on denim I didn't realise it was back somewhat but like fair play to this dude he wore it like it actually kind of suited him like it's and most a- of the time it's like no what are you doing but it was it like do you know the way most denim shirts are kind of light yeah this was the same colour as his jeans so he just looked like he was in like a, a, he looked like he was in a giant he was in an all weather uh, set of dungarees pretty much yeah <laughs> pretty much he looked like a giant pocket that's what he looked like (laughs) (laughs) that's what he looked like first thing that came to my head like (laughs) that's what he looked like like a giant pocket (laughs) 
man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've. I don't think I could wear a denim shirt. I don't think I could either. No, I don't think I could pull it off. It's a tough. It's a. It's a bit of a catch twenty two because like the only thing you can wear it with is a pair of jeans. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of denim. Like yeah, that's a lot of friction. Yeah, you gotta get some nipple tape. Do you know what, man? To, like that's like when I went to like I forgot how weird running is right. Yeah. Till I walked into the hotel the weekend, just gone, and the amount of dudes I had to stand around rubbing their nipples. Vaseline, of course, stop the friction. Yeah. Perfectly normal thing to do. Yeah. In public, that's kind of weird, but in running, it's totally fine. Yeah, it's just a thing that happens. It's just a thing that's totally got to be fine. done, or else yeah. like you're gonna bleed out your titties. I've seen some bleeding, and it's not nice. No, it's not nice. No. I never get it, thankfully. Um, but like you see guys and just just blood down their t- tops, and you're just like, ugh, that's nasty. Damn. I mean, like besides your feet, like turned to crap. Like I mean, you gotta worry about your nipples bleeding. Like that's. Just we don't need them anyway, so... Yeah, I know, like, still... I wonder hearts. if you get your nipples removed. Just weird, would you? Well, like, would you? I think so, yeah. Because, like, the first... Like, if any, if you're walking on the beach, like, the first thing people are going to say is, where, where's nipples? But what about, like... You know if you're, like, a hairy dude? And you can't really see him anyway. Where'd you get removed, then? Well, I'm just I'm just throwing the idea out there. I'm just wondering if... I say you can, though. Like, would it make much of a difference if you're a fella? No, I don't think so. No, not really. I mean, I mean, Jesus, with the plastic surgery nowadays, like, I mean, you can get like it's just a bit of it's just a little bit of flesh, like you know. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I read actually? Just as we're talking about like that, like apparently Michael Jackson had permanent makeup, and uh, I think that's the thing, like where you have like it's just you can get like the yeah, the you can. They, there's the way. Um, you can get your eyebrows done it like last for a couple of weeks and stuff but I know there's people that can get it that last permanently and but yeah. you, like in beauticians you can get things done that last a couple yeah, of like weeks like permanent and stuff. makeup and different parts of your face and stuff yeah. he had like his hairline his hairline yeah his hairline so it's like his hair was like drawn on or is it like I'm lasered not, on I'm, can I'm you not, laser stuff on I'm not, I'd say so like because like, like, you obviously you hear about people like you know getting laser to hair removal or to get rid of a cataract but can you like laser stuff on is there like an opposite way of going about that I don't know if that's how they apply it yeah but yeah I don't think there's much limitations nowadays like to what you can do to yourself I, t- I think you can pretty much do what you want now if you got the money yeah do you know when um, I found out in India there's uh, people that take they take tablets or they, they, they apply this cream uh, to make themselves look like as pale as possible. That's a big thing there, though. Yeah, it's the fact. It's weird, isn't it? Like we we struggle so much. Like we we like go out of our way. Like you know, we have tanning boots and spray tans and fake tan and going yeah. on holidays in sunny places. Like and just lying down for two weeks and doing nothing. Like to get a tan, and then there's people who are like going really tanned, way. going the other way, want to be pale. Like yeah, it's, it's uh, weird. It's culture. It's a cultural thing, though. Humans are weird. <laughs> yeah, we're very strange. Like strange people. Like. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like, if you were to talk to, like, in fairness, like, you put me and some fellow from New Delhi room, we try and have a conversation. We're not the same kind of thing at all. We're made up anatomically totally different as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even we were looking today at um, oh, what's his name? Tennis player. Oh, what's his? Uh, Indris. Is that his name? Something Indris. Um. I was ranked number nine in the world. We're looking at basically he has one of the he has like the meanest serve in the world. He's absolutely it's absolutely scandalous. Um, I'd say it's terrifying. Yeah, but he's six foot ten. He's this guy. I can't think of his name. I'll I'll Google him. I'll figure it out. Um, But he's six foot ten, and American guy. He's ranked number ten in the world in tennis. He he when he serves he can 
Uh, he averages up around 150, 155 miles an hour. John John Eisner. Eisner, that's what I John Eisner, yeah, John Eisner is the dude. Um, an amazing tennis player, but his serves are just absolutely scandalous. But I said, like, if you were to, like, again, he's six foot ten, he's massive. If you were to stand me beside that guy, like, one of his shoulder blades is probably nearly as big as my whole back. You know, he is absolutely a monster. Do you know he'd be really good at swimming? Probably would be. Probably well, like, it depends. Fourteen feet or something. Yeah, but it depends on like how how he moves in the water, how much of a control over a body. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't it's think a totally he'd... different thing. Like, do you know, I saw a really stupid. You know the way you see like a Facebook thread. And then you know there's loads of arguments in it, and you go, "Well, I'm a little delve in, like." Yeah, but um, there was one about it was talking about hurlers and GA and people getting paid or whatever. I just saw that what I thought was just the dumbest comment there. Obviously, someone who just doesn't understand sport correctly. Um, they just put in, "Well, if they want to get paid, why don't they just take up another sport <sighs> and become a professional at that?" It's like it's not that it's it's not like. Like, this is no offence, we're just going to pull the name out because he's one of the most known horrors, but Ozzy Gleason's not just going to pick up and get a trial for United tomorrow, like. That's just not going to happen. No, like. he's not, but what I would say is there's a lot of sports p- players. Uh, Lee Chin is a really good example Lee of Chin, no. He's yeah. not, like, what I'd say is he's a fantastic hurler, but more than that, he's a brilliant sportsman, isn't that? If you gave him six months... Probably pretty decent at football. He pick up well. He plays football. As he plays games oh, no, yeah. football Sorry, as well. Yeah, so no. he's got the basis skills there. Do you remember there. he did the the tough? I think it was the toughest trade. Yeah, and he, he played ice hockey, and he was decent enough. No, he wasn't. He wasn't pro level. Like, oh no, he but was like, it, and even the league or the team that he played was like a semi pro team, and he wasn't up to that level. He was all right, and he, he was getting could, ex- and the the amount of exposure to like training and uh, mentoring and stuff he got was top class. Yeah, exactly. But I think he he took a lot of it in. Like, I mean, I think if you gave him like a solid year of that, if you gave him about two, three years, he could probably break into the roster. He's not mm. going to be starting or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? This is the thing I see realistically. But then again, that's not every player. You no, know what no, I mean? He is he's top like. of the he's a an, an massive athlete. He doesn't even work anymore. He's a full time GAA player. Yeah. Um, but Whatever yeah, that like, is, like that. No. But like going back to the original point, like I yeah, the whole point of like yeah, oh, why don't they just take up another sport? Like that's like well, like there is certain people that could do things like like Brock Lesnar, right? Just to pull one that has done it, hmm. he he's the kind of dude he could literally do any sport in the world. It's just genetically. He's terrifying. But, <laughs> yeah, but also like stand anyone beside Brock Lesnar who isn't. Uh, Andre the Giant or something, you know, or Shaquille O'Neal. Um, he, you'll you'll look like a small child. You know what I mean? He's mm. an absolute freak of a human, uh, with the way that he's built up, and obviously he trains quite hard. But he's an NCAA wrestling champion. He was he played played, football, he played yeah. in the NFL. Uh, played. What else did he do? He was UFC, WWE. He could play full back for passage if he wanted to. No, he played the whole back line, man. Yeah, and he would, and he'd be brilliant. They throw three jerseys down here, by look, you just hang on, you just make sure not on guest pass, like. Yeah, exactly, and he'd be brilliant at that. But that's the kind of, but that's the kind of level of person who can transcend sports. But again, he is one in a six one in, billion. Like. Yeah, exactly. He's a one in seven billion person, like you know, like the idea. It's I like the idea that you know if you're good enough, you could go on to a different sport and stuff like that. But it's very hard. It's very hard, but I don't think that's the that's what's like, wrong with that statement. What's wrong with that statement is like. That's disregard like because that's a like that's disregard that's disregarding like all sports people mm. for their skill level. 
that's what the, it, it reduces skill level down to nothing but if you're just fit enough to play yeah or like it's saying that like you're picking the sport based on monetary value which the like you don't pick hurling for that like you don't pick you in general yeah. for that like, it's it, but it, it's also like the skill and intelligence level that you have to have like look being a peak athlete is being a peak athlete like if you're if you have to work to get to that no one's born that mm. but you know you're game intelligence reading of things you know stuff like that that's far more than what actually you know goes into the actual game itself like so again like you know we've seen guys that are brilliant at different sports and you know can transcend it but it's a very special individual that has to do it but it's just that statement really annoyed me and then I've met some people and like I said it, you know it came from someone who just doesn't understand sport correctly like you know oh yeah yeah I'd say it was either someone who hadn't a clue what they were talking about or someone who was just in the start. Like. Yeah, exactly. But then again, Facebook threads are great for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Come here. You're going to try one of these Mikados or what? Like? What? They, you, they're just chocolate on a stick, man. Man, try it. It's amazing. It's, it's not just, a stick. It's a biscuit stick. Okay, it's chocolate on a biscuit stick. Like, I'm not. It's not going to change my world. I'm pretty, pretty sure I've had them before. Try one. I mean, it's not going to kill you. All right, okay. Well, look, I'll try one. We're trying a couple of tunes. How about that? Oh, okay. I don't want to hear crunching over the mic in fairness. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, bit of common decency for your fellow man. Pure listening, professionalism here. Listening here on Open Tempo FM 105.1 or on the stream on opentempofm.com. Uh, you're listening to the Thursday Thursday Show. Myself here, Smurf and Graham. Make sure you're listening for the rest of the evening where we'll have the Thursday Night Thunder and The Rock Show coming up. And text in 089-458-2563 or hit us up on the message board opentempofm.com. Let us know that you're listening in and we give you any shout-outs or any requests you like. For now, anyway, going to hit you up with some classic 90s tunes, uh, 90s alternatives there. Uh, oh, a bit of a bit of oh, yeah, no, this one, it's a... It's a bit of a weepy one. It's a bit of a weepy it's a, one. It's a fist clencher. If you're on your way home from work and you see someone screaming the lyrics to Don't Speak, they're listening to open tempo, same as you. This is no doubt with Don't Speak. <laughs>
The world is a vampire.
blame. If that didn't fire you up, I don't think anything will. Uh, the Smashing Pumpkins with bullet with butterfly wings. Before that, we'd lit with my own worst enemy. And no doubt with Don't Speak. Getting all the high emotions up in you. Getting you going here on the Thursday, on a Thirsty Thursday show. 6 to 8 every week here on Open Tempo FM. And make sure you're listening 105.1 or opentempofm.com. Get on the message board there as well. Let us know that you're listening. Love the comment there. lining <laughs> out that I have no nipples. I'd like to let you all know that I have four. I think that's a known thing, is it? I think it's a known thing that I don't actually have. I actually have seven, like a oh, dog. Oh, you'd be terrible at Vaseline. <laughs> Jesus. I don't have Vaseline in the world for that. <laughs> Come here, can you hear that through the headset? Which? Are you swishing my beard? Um, No. Mm. Right. No, like... Oh, okay. As long as I can do this, like, uh, as close to the as I want. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah, just stroke it, pretending that you're wise. Yeah, th- th- um, I was actually getting uh, groomed today. You really got the old uh, scalp done. Did in a fantastic establishment on Michael Street, the beard lady. Make sure you do go in, check him out. Good crack, good banter, good haircuts, good beard cuts. Mm-hmm. But uh, talking to one of the guys in there, Aaron, who um, regularly does like hairless competitions, expos, and stuff like that. Uh, talking about different things that he sees at us and things he might be happy about or whatever. And we're just chatting away. Guys are doing fake beards. Yeah, I heard about this. Yeah. On Instagram and stuff, like when they're kind of putting up their works, which is fair enough, they kind of... Yeah, I mean, like, fair enough for a guy who's, you know, maybe modelling or stuff like that, but dudes are... Beardly challenged. Yeah, I, I, there is there is guys that are beardly challenged. I do remember when I was 17, I was able to grow out full beard myself. And, I wasn't, uh, actually. Um, I was, but the guy I was living with was 21, but he was from South Africa, and he couldn't grow a hair in his arse. Just, just <laughs> it just wouldn't happen for him. Yeah, like you see all these articles, like oh, if you shave when it's when there's nothing there, it comes back twice. Strong. It doesn't. Oh, it's all the BS. Like, yeah, because you, you you de- like whatever hand you get dealt, that's it. Yeah, like. but I mean, it's the thing. If you keep, I always say, if you just keep growing it, it'll event your body will just change with it because it's going. Oh, okay, you want this? Like this is something that we have to do. Uh, not really. Kind of. If well, like you know, in a don't don't give them hope, Sean. I'm trying. This is what we do. We're spreading hope to the people. Or just blatantly lying to people. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. <laughs> but, uh, it's easier for me, for me to say that like, I actually have a beard. Do you know what I actually wish? Like, the one thing I could change about my beard if I could. Okay. I wish it was wider on the sides. I wish it was even. Do you know Mine's kind of like really long at the front. Okay. And like, it's not as much. It's it's even on the sides, but it's not. I'd like it more lumberjacky, if that makes sense. Okay, so you want the more like boom straight out yeah like a like. round sort of bearded thing yeah. yeah like you're you're getting more of like a gandalf thing going yeah where it's like it's like it's almost like a fade haircut that a guy has now that it's like faded in at the side and then comes out really long the comes top. Out, yeah yeah because like i'd actually prefer if it like came out now obviously it's not making a deal about it but um i'd prefer if it came out a little bit more at the sides i think it'd look pretty cool but um, you know, there's some days I wake up and it's all over the place. I'm like, oh god, that looks really bad. Yeah, I mean, I used to grow mine out as long as yours, but like I've told you before, the, the reason I stopped was because I woke up one morning and I just woke up with a big lump of beard in my mouth. And I went, right, that's it, it's over. Can I just ask how you managed that? Because I've had this beard know. since 2015. That's never happened. I don't know, man. It just I woke up and it was, you know, just folded up. Um, in my mouth. Did you have a dream of like where you were eating your dinner or something like that? I don't know. Could have been eating something else, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Moving along. Yeah. Shout out to Dylan listening in. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a disclaimer. Hey, look, we're not promising that you can grow a beard, man. But you know, you you get to your keep idea. trying. You keep just trying. keep trying. You just keep trying. <laughs> we have faith. In you. Oh, stop the lights. Um, 
what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, oh yeah, the like fake beards. What like? Yeah, it's, can't it, trust humans anymore. Now it's like I don't know. well, I suppose it comes on. into like we were talking about. You know how you can pretty much get anything done now. I think I I I was actually looking at you know teeth whitening kits. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of one that's just become like readily available at home now. Yeah, that 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 thing that like Conor McGregor was advertising, that thing you stick in your on your like you buy it. Yeah, and it's like and a little UV thing, but you just just jam oh, it in your I mouth. Don't and... I don't know if I trust that now. Yeah, because I mean the tr- the old tried and tested thing is if you just use water and baking soda, it just kind of gets a lot of the coarser stuff off your teeth. Yeah, but you can you can get toothpaste for smokers, can't you? Is you can. It has like charcoal in it. Yeah, I've used that stuff, and uh, I know my teeth got a little whiter, but I mean, your teeth aren't supposed to be white. They're supposed to be like this milky white. Yeah, because color. it like you know we we eat things that stay in our teeth when you smoke or you have a coffee or tea or like any kind of a sauce with your pasta, and it's going to stay in your teeth. Like it's not meant to be that naturally white, like that Hollywood kind of smile thing, which is kind of creepy. It really, does creep like, me out. Like yeah, it creeps me out. Like especially when people are like, like especially because I was like I- I'm not putting people in a box, but I mean if you're what you find is like a lot of people like to tan as well yeah and, and, and when it's they that tan, contrast they look like Ross out of Friends that time yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like he, put, like he opens he smiles in the UV room and you're like what is going on his, his mouth is glowing I think I'd, I'd like to do that once though just to freak people out or Robert Firmino like you know, Robert Firmino for Liverpool he's got, some, he's got some serious teeth though he's got some serious teeth man. he's got he's, some good looking teeth I, I don't know man if he didn't if he wasn't a footballer I'd say he could have been a donkey or something like his teeth are just he's got some good teeth he's got, a, he's got a serious set of teeth Like he's, he has them for life like yeah uh, no, there's I none of them falling out of his mouth no not at all like, there was a there was a there was a meme I saw before it was like uh, Robert Firmino's teeth are brighter than Arsenal's future <laughs> <laughs> yeah Wenger um, leaving actually this week, oh, as you mentioned, man, like, I gotta applaud that man. He got away with absolute murder. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I've been kind of reading up a lot on it the last week, and for anyone who's interested, so I would have actually been reading up because when you look at, like, obviously, right, the Arsenal fans, Wenger out, and all this kind oh, of stuff. Now they're all, a lot of them are changing their tune and stuff, and but. Like the what he leaves behind is actually very good, though you'd have to say he's, it he's, is in a way. But I think he should have left five years ago. He should have, but there was a club still trying to move into a new stadium, and he was the guy who streamlined all that. You know what I mean? He developed the club into what it was there. So I think he just kind of had to see all that out before he left. You know, and of course he brought the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in the football world to everyone, which of course was Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, it may. Where would we be? without Arsenal Man, fan TV, I never yeah. really cared about Arsenal because I support Liverpool but god damn I kept I kept track what of the results this, this, the, no I kept track of their of their matches against like uh, Huddersfield and just matches which should have been sitters you know Yeah. and that they lost like 2-1 or something yeah, like, oh, yeah, be, yeah, first thing Arsenal first thing you'd TV see tonight. all over Facebook was oh Arsenal fan TV is going to be brilliant tonight <laughs> but um, there's two big questions that come from Wenger leaving as we bring that up you know there is obviously why is he going to well there's a couple of questions you know is what is he going to do is he going to go into management somewhere else rumours of him maybe going into international management because you know he's just a bit more lax he'll have more time and all that kind of stuff mm. the other question is who's they going to bring in at Arsenal a lot of different options they're going to need a high profile manager a guy who's able to deal with a big club and big personalities and the biggest question of all what are Arsenal fan TV going to do without Wenger they have nothing to do then like, yeah. it's just going to like okay well one or two things are going to happen either what happens with most managers is that like he comes in it's just the cards are thrown all up in the air and things just go to crap for the first six months yeah, I mean, and they, then have something to complain about 
Oracle's relatively well in it. Yeah, I mean, to talk about. Yeah, it's it's the thing of obviously you know no one wants to go in first after the big manager. It happened to David Moyes at Man United. You know he went in after <laughs> Ferguson. And look, it's the thing of David Moyes. David Moyes is a decent manager. He just like your no one was really going to do well at that job. Do you, like, you know it was it was it was all the, the odds were stacked against all the odds were stacked against him to do well. And I think that's what's going to happen to the guy that goes in after Wenger, unless it's someone like an Ancelotti character or something like that who's been there, done it with big Premiership clubs all around Europe. Fired. <laughs> yeah, like but still one Premier League, so like do you know. Uh, yeah. Um, do you know what I want to know? Right, is I know you were saying like obviously Wenger, Wenger was. Uh, Overseeing all this stuff, and he kind of felt compelled to stay, even though he wants to stay. Because of course, he probably has a lot of uh, respect for Arsenal. But do you think he was? Um, do you think he jumped, or like, it was a kind of a situation like jump or be pushed? I, t- it's. I feel like it's somewhere. I I don't think it's as black and white as that. I feel like there's a grey there. I feel like it was on the cards for him to go. And it was set up for him to go, but he's been asked to leave a bit earlier than he was going to. So, like, he was always going to leave in a in a, in a, in a around this time, or maybe another season, or the season after. Yeah, he was like, he's not being. I think it, the plans were in place for him to leave, but I think they just had to move those plans forward because he has lost the fans so much. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. So it's kind of it's a bit from one camp and a bit from the other. Like so, he's obviously probably not happy about the plans being moved forward as well. I would think, but the people at the club kind of said, "Look, it's just gonna. We just our our hand is being forced now. Like you know, there's so just either two. go or yeah. And then it would it was I think it was about to come to that. They didn't want it to come to the stage where they would have to sack him. They just put the hand on the back and just kind of said, "Look, I know we said we do this, but we're." We don't want to go turn. It would have turned a lot uglier, I think, if he went back next season, and that's when the pressure would have really been on. So I think this is kind of alleviating a situation that probably would have oh, happened. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Um, didn't you get an offer for international duties there a while ago? I feel like he's what international teams. Do you go to though. I mean, not England, obviously. No, of course. Oh, not. God. Um, probably go for like a really small team, like. Iceland I, I don't. Iceland would be a great job for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, there's no real pressure on him. Yeah, I mean, and they they have a good stock of players there. They do, in fair, it's not a bad team, and they have a serious chant. Well, yeah. it's not a chant. It's just yeah. Well, they, they have a, they have a huge following and three hundred thousand. It's people. it's again. Well, yeah, you have to remember, like, obviously George Graham was with Arsenal before him, and look, it's not to say Arsenal were a small club or anything. They were a big club then as well. They're probably one of the biggest clubs in London, but from where they started with Wenger to where they are now okay maybe they're not challenging Premier League stuff but they are consistently like the whole the whole point a great point that I heard is if you look at Wenger's career with Arsenal in two sections that the start of it you know he had all those great sides that won Premier Leagues and I don't like using the term because it's not true the Invincibles because they got knocked out of every club competition that year but and they, drew, they drew most of their games yeah they drew they drew four of their last six games yeah that's when you look at that, it's not that impressive. When you look at the stats of it, it's it looked great. In fairness, you, you go through a, any league in the world and you're undefeated unless you're Celtic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just walking, speed, like, walking leagues. Yeah, like you could put a B team out, like you'd be grand. Yeah, but um, you know what I mean. Look, it is it, it, the first half is unbelievably impressive. But then after that, I mean, why he you could say what he could have done with the club then a step back into like a director or a board executive kind of role and guided them through that and then into the new stadium raising the money for that finance element because that's 
my Donny channel and all that, but the soccer diminished because of that, you know. So it's a, uh, and I think it'd be interesting for him to go to, as you say, a smaller international team is a good point because you go to a team like Iceland, obviously they had big success and all that kind of stuff with the recent Euros going into World Cup and all that. They're a country developing like on a bigger scale. So he could bring him that step towards that, you know. Mm. So it definitely that's an interesting prospect for him, you know. Wouldn't be mad if he got another Premiership team. <laughs> Mental, <laughs> absolutely. I I I still think right if we're looking at Arsenal in the situation there, absolute dark horse because he was Tottenham out and out. Glenn Hoddle, yeah. Because if you ask, I, the, the, I remember you're, you're basically like like outlining the the plot of the damned United. Mental. Yeah, but What's, what was that dude's name? Was it oh, Clough when he went to Leeds. Yeah, yeah, but he only basically lasted, what you're yeah, he, he only lasted fifty days. But that's because he was Clough. He should have been the England manager then, anyway. Yeah, but um, when like I remember listening to Paul Morrison doing an interview, and he said like Glenn Hoddle should still be the England manager. He just had his fallouts and he said some stupid things. He gave opinions that he just shouldn't have. That ended up getting him sacked. Like you know. Um, yeah. But in terms of his management and coaching, it's just unbelievable. Different level to everybody else out there. And he said himself, I looked it up, that he wouldn't go back into management until he has his development camp or scouting camp in Spain. He said he wouldn't go into management until that was set up to run itself. And yeah. that's pretty. And from reports I've read about, it's pretty much nearly there and thereabouts. Yeah. So an absolute like a dark horse to go into because he was Spurs out now. Like would he go to a rival club? But still, Glenn Hoddle to manage Arsenal. Imagine that'd be amazing. He would just get rid of like half of the squad straight away. Cut the mode, like, right, you're crap. Get back yeah, to the second he's, division he's where you Brilliant. He's br- he was a great guy to do that. He just, there was no messing about with him. Like, you know, if he had the players that would play for him, play his style, he could get the best out of them. That's what Morrison, the point that he basically put across was that he could take the players that were. Because you have to speak in as well, like, when Morrison first went into the English squad, he was a championship player. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't. He wasn't playing Premier League. He was playing Championship. He was top scorer in the Championship. He brought him to like international competitions. That'd be unheard of now, except for maybe that guy um, Ryan Sigerson at Swansea. Seventeen, unbelievable left back, left winger, anywhere up on the left, could play up front. Serious left foot on. Seventeen, unbelievable. Just you know, obviously being hyped really much you know with the English media which generally always end, happens like yeah. yeah and they always end up going down but this guy looks like the, the real genuine article because he tracks back and does the work he doesn't just put in big finishes like you know yeah it's um, that always reminds me of uh, what's his name uh, played for uh, Italian player he used to play for Liverpool and City and he's just like he's just he's basically passed around like a hot spot oh Balotelli. Balotelli 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 I always thought was an average player but would had a good, good, good couple of good seasons like I thought I thought he was right he's better than average player but it was just the draw of him he'd sell a lot of jerseys do you know what I mean so yeah. there's that that's that's the other side of football now where there's money involved do you know I always but like I remember Brendan Rodgers at the time uh, when they got him in which I always thought he, ne- he never wanted him that was that whole transfer board, board which I thought was thing, always like yeah. crap um, he said like told him one day he was like right now you gotta track back on this guy he goes oh I don't mark corners like what? size of that like he, he said to me he was like oh I don't mark corners and Brendan Rodgers was like well you do now yeah like how what kind of a, I'm gonna, I was gonna say something else there, but like the neck on a player to get paid that much and like oh yeah no I don't do that now interestingly enough 
there was when Ronaldo was playing at United say in the kind of the mid 2000s he came into a lot of criticism for that didn't go back market corners and free kicks and stuff like that and it was I can't remember the guy's name it wasn't Carlos Cortes that Portuguese guy somebody else was a coach under Ferguson he was doing an interview and he asked why doesn't Ronaldo track back in corners and mark up have you said to him like, we don't tell him to they were like what and he said why in God's name if you have a player like Ronaldo would you have a mark in the back stick for you what you do is you put him on the halfway line and if we get any kind of a clearance we just hoof it forward and go go up with that young fella beat about three fellas and banging a screamer why in God's name would you that's have him back there enough, like, but that's him. That's Ronaldo. That's Ronaldo. That's, that's Cristiano Ronaldo, not the real Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> not the real Ronaldo. Um, that's Cristiano Ronaldo, which you could do that, but Balotelli. Yeah, I, like, you know, Ballon d'Or winner, four or five of them, at least. So, yeah. like, yeah, that's that's a different class He's an exception to the rule. Yeah, like. he's an exception to the rule, but you have to be kind of that level of player to be really turning around and saying things like that. Like, Balotelli's had seasons where he scored a goal. Yeah, you know, and he's a striker. And, he, and the way he plays, he's meant to be an out-and-out out striker. Yeah. Not that he drops in behind and picks up ball and all that. Cause he doesn't do any of that. He just wants the ball in the box to shoot. Yeah. So, I I feel like the out and out striker though is is different kind of to now because like this year everyone's you know Mo Salah okay, internationally renowned best player in the world at the moment. We well, got the PFA uh, the yeah yeah player of the year and all. Forty one goals the season so far. Forty three actually from last, from last yeah, night. Exactly unbelievable. And the other night unbelievable ran the game. You literally could not ask for more. Of a yeah, player, like. brilliant player. But the thing was that I always kind of think of is like you think of the time when like guys like Paul Morrison and Gary Lineker and like the early nineties Paul Gasca and all them were playing Premier League. They were all banging in twenty five plus a season. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Les Fernando, all those kind of sheer, all those kind of they're all banging in twenty five plus. That doesn't happen anymore. If a fella hits twenty goals in a season, now he's the greatest striker in the world. Like, do you know? Game has changed though. I think it's gotten like I would think that like. The thing about Mo Salah is that he's not just there to bang in goals; he's there to set up goals as well. Yeah, he's if you huge, ever watch, huge for that. If you ever watch him like team up with Firmino or manage, you notice that like they don't really like they know it, it's they play as if they know a pass is coming. Yeah, as in the see like right Salah's playing that I'm gonna pop pop this in here. He I know for a fact he can see me, and mm. I know for a fact this ball is coming towards me. There's no question. There's, There's a brilliant yeah their their link up play is absolutely unbelievable. It's it's almost telepathic like yeah, and like you see it when one of them's not there. They kind of they're kind of missed. Mm-hmm. Do you know? As in, like you know, yeah. Salah there's that, that link is it. just not quite there. Yeah, I I get what they're saying there. They also have a savage song. There was a it was a match a couple of weeks ago where Firmino scored and the two lads ran up behind him and he literally just pointed at the two and going, "Hey, look who's here!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all it's, it's they've almost got this invisible string that they're pulling in, and they're almost pulling each other around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they just keep swapping. It's a nightmare for defenders. But I also say. I'd hate to be. There's a beauty to be a Liverpool fan now, and and also a pure terror to it. You could be three not up, you could still get bet. <laughs> it's a true fact. You could be three not up. I'm terrified about Roma like next week because I mean, yeah. I saw you saw what they did to Barcelona there. Yeah, there, and that's the thing. Look, it's been statistically through and go back through. Roma are cat away from home in European competition. They are they're just terrible, but at home, give them something in their teeth. That's it. Yeah. Like. You better like go bang out with a couple of goals just to quiet them. Like yeah, you need to get out of the blocks already. But that's what Liverpool have to do. They need to get out and get in away goals straight away, and then push on and try and get a second, so that you know then you're what, five goals up again. You got a hole then. You know what I mean? There's no way they can pull back from that. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> say this now. Then we go back on this clip for two weeks yeah. time. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, no, I'll never forget like the 
the I think the most satisfying victory Liverpool ever had was against Borussia Dortmund, and it was just your reaction. Yeah, that was Dortmund about two years ago. Yeah, just your reaction of like pure frustration and shock, and like Borussia Dortmund can see like us conceding three goals and still beating like one of the top European teams at the well, time. Well, I said it like you know they are just gonna they're gonna do a total Liverpool on it, you know, and I could see it coming. There yeah. was just but Liverpool just kind of have that about them. Other other teams don't. They're, they're just you talk about teams being underdogs and stuff like that, but they're just on a different level of that. Like, you know, it's just there's always a chance. Their Top teams are always like that, you know. Their, their manager interview was priceless. Like, uh, what's your what are your thoughts about uh, the semi final? Now, who do you think is going to do well? I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. I got. Li- I just got. What, what can you do though? Then at that stage, as well as that's gonna be even... frustrating though, to score like three goals and still lose. Yeah, that's a tough sentence to hear. Like, I you score three goals against anyone. You'd be expecting to win, but it's it's like I say though, it depends what they're doing at the back. Like I said, Liverpool yeah. extremely dodgy at the back. Yeah, no, there's some like you see, you see like, uh, like I mean, uh, just, I'm just kind of panicking, right? That we're gonna have like Jacko running at us there next week, and we're like, oh crap, what's gonna happen? Like basically, yeah, just worry, pure fear. Yeah. And um, who do we put in goal? Do we put both of them in goal. Will that make a difference? <laughs> you might get, no, you might get twice the mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, obviously talking with soccer obviously turn our attention to local soccer down in our, uh, Watford United through to the next oh, round of the cup through uh, to the next round of the cup in dramatic fashion again against Cork City uh, penalty shootout so uh, Cam was it close on the penalties then? 5-3 uh, in the end so Izzy Akineda sticking in the winner no sending offs this time no sending offs so nice uh, a, more, a, a more tame affair yeah. But um good for good for him to progress in the cups, like our overs in the next round. It's nice to knock out the Oh no, sorry, the Cork aren't ahead anymore. Or not Cork aren't first anymore. But like well, not second, but um themselves and Dundalk again kinda not not pushing towards being two hours. It's a long way to go yet, but still massive development season. Couldn't fans I don't think could be happier with the way things are developing, you know? Yeah, it's going pretty well like. And even Kazmi, um, when he played against Bray Wonders, two goals. Going to be hard for Heary and a board to push back in after suspensions when they come back from the centre of the an, field. I, I like to think that, I, I always like to see that in a squad, where like, like oh, this player's been dropping in, what do we do? And someone else just comes in and fills their own, like, oh, he's going to actually have to really play to get his spot back. Like. Yeah, but that's but this is the thing, you know, players, they have to take those opportunities as well, you know, someone might get injured or a suspension, whatever. You, you have to go in and make that imprint on a manager that, like, look, I can go in here and not just do a job while he's gone, like, and be the guy mm. to be in here the whole time. He's got to fight his way back. True, true. It's nice to see depth in the squad, like, yeah, this good. Well, they're having a good. It's been a, a you know, it's been a, a, a. What's the best way to put it? The start's been amazing. Do you know what I mean? We no one could have mm. predicted that we'd be up fighting at the top of the league, do, doing really well in the cup, consistent, uh, un, not even drawn or anything, unbeaten at home, all wins. Fortress, fortress, RSC, like you know, yeah. but. Um, it's it's going to be I think with the League of Ireland season it's deeper and deeper you get and it, as we're talking about squad depth and stuff like that how that's going to work as well is going to be huge for us so a lot a lot to kind of chase up as we go along in the season it's a long know? season fairness yeah. so but couldn't couldn't ask for any better of a start in fairness no you couldn't so you couldn't yeah just couldn't no, no, um, so yeah tell the people of Watford what do you think the Mikados they're grand. They're just they're just chocolate with a bit. Of, they're just a, a bread stick with a bit of chocolate on them. They're not bread stick. They're biscuit. 
Why are biscuits with a bit of chocolate, man? Like, it's just, it is what it is. You thought that tastes like a breadstick? Well, kind of. Like, how off it's is your... It's biscuity stuff. I don't know. I just eat stuff, man. How off is your palate, like? <laughs> I don't know. I just... I, I, I've, I've never been... A, I've never been a big foodie person. I would like to be, but I generally just... It's sustenance to it, yeah, it? Yeah, it's just sustenance to me quite a lot of the time, like, you know? So, there's a... I think, I, like, I'd like to be more of a foodie kind of person. I don't like that term, foodie. I'm just. I'm, I know. I, I know. I don't, saying, I don't particularly like the term, but I'm just I'm trying to find. A I know what you're saying, saying but it. yeah, no, I, I hate when people say like, "Oh, he's a bit of a foodie," or "I'm a bit of a foodie." We're like, we're all foodies. <laughs> this is how we survive. <laughs> so we stay alive. We eat food. Yeah. Um, and so then you see the same person like at three o'clock in the morning going for a kebab. You're like, "Oh yeah, you're a real foodie, aren't you?" Everyone <laughs> eats a kebab at three o'clock in the morning, man. <laughs> I can't eat kebabs anymore. Really? I broke the rule that one during the day. No, you ruin it for yourself then. I know, yeah. And then I discovered burritos. Burritos are better. Do you know what I like to do? Burritos yeah. are harder though when you're drunk. No, 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 man. Look, you're doing it wrong. They put it in tinfoil for a reason. Yeah, you I eat know. half of it now, you put the other half in the fridge, and you have for breakfast. Yeah, breakfast burrito, man. Can't, yeah. can't Savage. You only eat half of it. I know, I know it weighs like a, it's like a brick. Like. Yeah. But um, Joe, I like to do, and I implore everyone to do this at least once in their life. Go into a restaurant. Order something that you're not quite sure what it is. Yeah, always go for the unknown. Not entirely, like, not all the time. Like, if there's a steak, it's kind of hard to say no to a steak. Yeah. But I do try to, like, go, ah, yeah, that sounds all right. Sounds, it's stuff that sounds interesting. Mm. So you never, like, if you get something cool, you get something cool. If you don't, ah, well, if, at least you know now. Yeah, no one died. Yeah, exactly. And if you try not have, like, I remember when I was a kid, I was a really picky eater. Now I just kind of eat everything. Yeah, we were a picky eater. Yeah, but it's like everything is. You get kind of older. Like I've said it now. I've as I'm getting older, I never drank coffee and I don't like it. But I know when I'm about like thirty, thirty-five, I'll probably drink coffee. I just kind of. I think the odd time. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not mad about. It. I never like the smell of coffee, which is people find crazy. I like Sorry, coffee, but yeah. but see, this is the thing, right? I couldn't have like coffee cake or coffee chocolate, mm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Mint chocolate. What's your stance on that? No. No, not a main chocolate Thank person. Thank you, mother of God. Like I actually detest it. Yeah, like I just, I just like chocolate's grand. Like you don't need to be throwing loads of mad stuff. I don't like Terry chocolate orange and all that stuff as well, though. You know I what I mean? The it's nice the outtime. Do you know what I mean? Like chocolate's fine by itself. Like your dairy milk, no messing. Like yeah, just you know, like just chocolate. Like a bit of arrow, arrow bar is nice now. Yeah, but see, then they go put mint in. You're like, no, leave it. No, alone. that's it. Like, you know what the worst offender is? Turkish what? delight. That's perfume and chocolate. That's what it tastes like. Yeah, it does. But uh, it depends on your mood, though. Like I, I kind of if you see what I find with a lot of these things, they're just a bit too sweet for me. It's not that I don't like them. It's just I can't eat quite a lot of it. Like, I don't do know, know much I mean? sweet too either. As I'm like eating a whole box of Macallan, but this is basically like crack. Yeah, <laughs> they're just nice. They're just nice to nibble on. Yeah, what I find. Can I hear like breadsticks? Um, yeah, there you go. See, yeah. this is really like idea. breadsticks don't taste. This like where the idea is coming from. I guess so. Yeah. I suppose they aren't meant for one person really are they but there you go no um, fat man just trying to die and to get out of a skinny body I guess yeah well look keep running ultra marathons keep, keep, <laughs> yeah keep running ultra marathons you can still eat what you want yeah Um, looking at the week in news anyway something I wanted to talk about anyway we posted up for anyone who saw it our, <laughs> uh, our advertising for this week's show we asked the hard questions right yeah Um, did you see the interview that he done I did yeah pretty yeah, dude's got him like proper on the ropes yeah oh he was I've never seen a man so yeah. uncomfortable in the suit for, sorry for anyone who doesn't um, I'm speaking obviously in relation to uh, former T-shirt 
Mr. Hearn. Mr. Hearn was uh, doing an interview during the week. Um, knocking no, out, it, knocking out stuff about world politics and all that kind of stuff. And that's all fine. He's jibber jabbering away and flibbering his throat at it. And uh, yeah, and then he just the man, the guy who was interviewing. I think he works for the Times. Just direct went in at the heart of it. Uh, of the all banking the crisis without, without getting too political of course yeah without uh, getting too political about it, but when, I just love the way he just went straight the heart of it with him with like about his banking crisis and about his role in it and then the fact that he didn't have a bank account and straight away he's just like look I said I'd come in and talk about the Good Friday Agreement which I'm not going to talk about this but he's like yeah but this is part of like your career do you not ever want to address this and he goes, are you going to ask me any more questions? And he goes, no, I want to address this part of your career as well. And he just takes off the mic and walks <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Man like, had him on the road. Yeah, proper. Like, you know, and he was he was really stuttering and getting going then. Like, you know. Is it on? I think I'd say it's on YouTube. Yeah, right? it is on YouTube. You look up if like, you want a bit of a giggle, watch it. Yeah, like. it is on YouTube. A little bit of satisfaction to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just to see something like that being called into question. Yeah. Um, but um, the guys, the guys teed him up quite nice though. If you watch the full interview, because he just really loyals him along. He, he he's asking him the questions he wants to be asked, yeah. like you know. And then he just kind of slowly, he just kind of goes, "What about like kind of the Christ that came in after? Like you know, what what was your kind of perception on that?" And he kind of he palms it away, like you know, he's used to answering those questions. But then he starts getting kind of coming around him, and you know, he's 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 wor- he's thrown out like the jab, <laughs> the but jabs. then but then all of a sudden, like the very hook just comes in over, and he just wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, like I said, he starts starting something. You're like, oh, he's doing, he yeah, he's rope doping now. <laughs> you like Muhammad Ali, except the rope dope ain't working. <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. It's great to watch. I got great enjoyment out of watching it. I got. I only watched the bit where he walks out. Just like thirty seconds before he walked out, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, that. the guy I was doing it, but it was really like you can tell. Like I like watching interviews that are. I like that. I mean, there's good presenters out there, and there's people that are good journalists, but there's guys that are like to be at that level political interviewing is very difficult. You gotta know your stuff. Yeah, you gotta know your stuff, but you have to be very good with your language as well. And like I said, with the interview that your man done, if you watch the full thing, he does it really well. That he lulls him in. That he thinks it's going to be his interview. He's going to ask him the questions he wants and Joe you know, that kind of stuff. And it's all about him, like you know. Yeah. And then, but then all of a sudden he triggers it on him, and then he's kind of going, nah, "He's not really going to do it to me. He's been sound the last twenty minutes." Like, oh no, he's doing this. Now. Yeah, no. And then he then he pulls him real deep, real fast. So yeah. he kind of really pulls the carpet from under him, and then he has the two choices he can either address it and go out and be honest about it because he knows he's not going to get away with it the guy's too smart for that mm. or he can just walk out and then he goes for the latter which is like oh he got one over yeah <laughs> and he did not look one bit pleased about it no he didn't look pleased at all That's the, what I love about that interview as well is and any sort of like uh journalist like that does it well is to remain so deadpan throughout the whole thing yeah just be like no this is the process that's the whole thing is to, to, to stick with like this is the due process of what you agreed to come here and talk about I'm not going outside of anything this is just part of what we're talking about mm. do you know what I mean I think Louis Theroux was really good at that Louis Theroux was always brilliant at that but I think he he understands that he's weird and awkward but he uses that then he does I mean, and he, he kind of I I, I kind of try to do it as well I always kind of leave people thinking I'm a bit more stupid than I am so then when I do something really intelligent they're a bit more impressed by it <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing it really, really works if you let people think you're a bit stupid and then you know you do something like think about how does that work actually and you know exactly how it works and then 10 minutes later you turn around and do something and they're like oh my god how did you pick that up so quick like people are it's easy to do that kind of thing it's mm. a little deceitful or whatever but if you can get your head in a job and stuff and get you a few extra pounds why not like yeah 
like um like you said like he's, he's kind of like by his nature he is kind of weird and he says it like he goes out and says it and i think that's like you said he hones it like we're most just over watching documentaries over the years um there's um there's a certain sort of style that he does where most players will be like okay i'm gonna ask you a question they respond okay cut right that'll do he just lingers for like a minute afterwards yeah he just wants more out of him he'll it's just, just like he'll, he'll ask s- yeah i see i know what you mean he'll ask the question and then he'll just kind of keep looking at him and they'll answer him and that's the, the stock answer uh, do you know what i mean that's yeah. what they're giving everyone like, and then he him. just goes yeah and like he's hanging waiting for him and then they're like i have to fill the air with something else because he wants more and that's when he usually gets his thing that's, that's that makes nugget. it yeah that's when he usually gets his little nugget of like but it's because of his like he's talked to him a lot he's lulled him into the whole thing If he's he does that same thing like I said that guy don't borrow to your horn he kind of lulls him into the conversation and it's everything that they're normally asked and they're, they're banging out the answer they're real confident about it and then he'll give him that one and the one the question and then he'll bang out the stock answer of it and then he'll just wait and that's usually where he gets the little treasure of an answer and it's like oh my god Louis Threw got this big reveal off this guy because that's all he had to do he just had to he's just a little playing in, within an interview you know yeah it's interesting to watch like and it, it it really does highlight like how it's not that easy like some people just think that like, you just go around, okay this question i'm gonna answer ask him like and you ask him and that's grand you write down what they say mm. like i was watching um i was watching an interview before it was if, if any if you ever you're bored like go on youtube and just look up interviews gone wrong yeah they're uh, amazing there's a there's one with oh, that guy from the hangover he's like the kind of like not the idiot um, the mad one, but zach zach galifianakis zach galifianakis very funny dude he's it's not for the hangover i think it's for another film that he's in and the guy that's interviewing him just goes zach you know thanks very and it starts out like a very normal interview like thanks very much for seeing us oh no problem at all it's like my 15th interview today but whatever and you can tell he's a little bit frazzled but he's good he's grand like you know yeah and your manager goes so you have this film coming up blah blah blah. he's like yeah i'm not really excited about it. he goes uh how would you class this in comparison to all the other films you've ever done and he's like what Cl- class it how what, what what do you mean what why are you asking me he goes no just like in comparison to other films like what do you want me to compare like you know is it good is it bad like is it funny is it sad I've done like a whole range what are you on about like and this goes on for about five minutes because like your man starts stuttering then and he realises how like open ended his question is yeah so much so that it doesn't make any sense yeah that's but that's the thing when you're interviewing because I've, I've done it here and I've done it for other things and that and when I go into it I try and prepare as best I can you know what mm. I mean a lot of times I might know the person it's a favour they're coming doing for me or maybe someone asked me to do something do a little bit of research into it but anyone would tell you if you're doing any kind of interview you can't open with a big question that's really open-ended. You have to go with something really direct because you have to get the person confident about talking to you. Mm. The first thing you really should do is ask them about something that they really... Or just how you should start any conversation ever if you want to get to know someone is ask them about something you're fairly sure they know a lot about. So then they will start to talk and they will relax and they will get more confident about talking to you and reveal and like opening themselves up a bit more to you. Then you can start asking more kind of open-ended stuff. Mm. So then that way they, like I said, they feel more comfortable talking to you. They feel more comfortable letting you know more about them. They're not putting up big defenses. Whereas... And then you throw in the right hook. Yeah, then you throw a right hook and you ask me about a banking scandal. (laughs) (laughs) You watch them score. But yeah, like the point I was making is that like there's a skill to it. Like it's there not just is, absolutely. you're not just reading a script. Like no, yeah, I mean there is guys that do it, and you see them, and they're very good at doing that. There's a whole style of doing that as well. Like you know, I mean a lot of interviews that anyone will ever do, the people will ask for the list of questions beforehand, and they'll approve or, or disapprove or get stuff written off it, and say you're not allowed to ask about this, you're not allowed to ask about that. 
And the whole yeah. thing is, you figure out how the Can thing they say you can't. Yeah, yeah. How do you get to actually ask about the thing they said you can't ask about? Because that's obviously where there's a real story. You're like, oh, there's that, there's the nugget right there. Yeah, yeah. you got to find your way to kind of dance around that because once you got it on a camera, boom, it's in. It's yeah. in the can. Yeah, it ain't going nowhere then. It's up online, especially nowadays. Like it's up online, boom, it's grand. You're like, it's never coming. Like, even if it's deleted, it's still there. You know, yeah. you could you figure like, that it out. That video is probably taken down. Right about now. Yeah, but it's just like every new site in the world just put it up because it's hilarious. I know, oh, but like it's it was probably originally deleted, but it's been duplicated and shared and yeah, and that's the thing. There is nothing, over, like. nothing ever goes away now. That's uh, a reality we have to face, massively. But you've seen it with like um, when there was leaks of like iCloud's accounts of celebrities and private pictures that they're sending their significant others a, a PG way of putting it yeah. but a lot of people stuff that everyone else is supposed to see like yeah exactly but you know they a lot of those got leaked and now people that get threatened to get them leaked they just put them up online themselves and they just go I'd, I'd rather own my picture I'd ra- own my own personal thing rather than leave somebody else leak it you know but what I mean everybody see it which is a bit mental when you yeah but they it. just they just go I'd rather leave everyone see it but on my terms rather than have somebody else have a gun to my head about it which there's is a lot to be said there's a lot to be said for the old pictures which you have to get developed yeah because the only way that you people, <laughs> people can see those is if you show them them <laughs> or if they're the dude printing them they're like jesus they had a good holiday yeah <laughs> number two do that boy too <laughs> uh i still like to bring one of those for a holiday i'd recommend that to anyone by the way like if you're going for a few days bring one of those wind up cameras yeah, you can't edit it you can't delete it they're brilliant for um, you won't just, remember half the photos yeah you won't it. remember the photos and then you'll get them printed out and you'll be like what was going on there? who's that guy <laughs> <laughs> who's <on> the camera <laughs> yeah amazing like they're, those are really cool things to do Like, and it's who say oh it's a cool throw I, I'd love a Polaroid camera Oh, the you get the ones that uh yeah you can buy them. I I'd love to have one just for random occasions, like and just take pictures of people and then just like post it to them a week later. Just be yeah. like, yeah, gotcha. The way you thought you were behaving yourself that night, no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, I always said never trust a guy who brings a camera on the night out. Anyway, oh. but if, I think if you Polaroid cameras were cool, but just because they were an instant photo, but it was a piece of paper. Do you know what I mean? It was on the paper. That was it. it was gone. Do you know what I mean? If you lost it, that was it. Like. It, was like this, it was like prehistoric Snapchat. <laughs> prehistoric Snapchat. Lasted longer than 10 seconds, though. Yeah. Um, this is going to be totally off topic, but it's been bugging me all day. What was the name of Brezzy's band? Blizzards. The Blizzards. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I actually couldn't think all day. And do you know what, right? I I said, it was myself and one of the lads in work. We were literally like, what is it? Like, I don't know how we got on it, but we're like, what is the name of the band? We could not think of it. I thought it was something given with a W, so I was miles off. Right. Um swore to myself I wouldn't look up, wouldn't look it up I was like no I can figure this out yeah. I can yeah, this. right can I just ask you a question did it you really more that I knew that instantly yeah a little bit <laughs> a little bit a little bit still I, I, I hate it's the thing of I hate like there is enjoyment in that but I hate the way that happens as well you know you just you're trying to remember something for days on end and then it'll just click like three days later and it doesn't matter anymore yeah. It only matters to you and it seems really important. It's a little bit of relief and, like, oh, and everybody else just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet relief, but then you're like, why couldn't I think of that? Mm. Three whole days that took me. Blizzards. Good band though. Decent band. Decent band. We met them before, didn't we? Yeah, they're down to BPM. Yeah. BPM. I remember a dog got got signed down there. What? Yeah, I remember Brizzy had to sign a dog. 
Did he? Yeah, the dog had like a jacket on it. And this that. one was like, we saw my dog and he was like, sign your dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you sure? And he was like, yeah, he's wearing a jacket. And they're like, okay. Sign the jacket. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, all right. <laughs> I'd say he's been asked to sign weirder things, but like, you know. He still is a sign. fridge of a man. He used to play rugby for Leinster, man. Fridge of a man. Yeah, he used to play It's pretty funny and all this fun. I remember, I do remember this uh, fairly, um, fairly well that all the photos they posed for that day he had to like sort of crouch to the right and crouch to he'd, the left he'd be young big, big tank for young I'd say he'd be good at tennis he'd be, I don't know you'd have to be you have to be a bit limber to play tennis like that dude John Eisner oh god damn it I'm forgetting his name John Eisner John Eisner He's like he's big. He's he's broad, John Flair, and that. But he's not hefty, like. No, no, he's light. Like yeah, he's he's slim. trim. He's trim, but he's trim. trim muscular guy. Did you see that guy? Um, he's an he's an MMA fighter. I can't, he's in one of the independent circuits in America. Right. He's like he's the same height as uh, Johnny Jones, Johnny Bones, Jones. About six six. He's about six six, but he fights at lightweight. What? Yeah, it's weird. He looks like a skeleton. That's, oh, you can't fight. He got, he's obviously got to have like his ribs broke like the whole time. Oh man, but he has some serious reach. On him. Yeah, he's just like he's just <laughs> you're over the other side of the room. He's just hitting you in the face. There's like a 15 inch reach advantage on most guys or something. Like I know it's an. It probably won't make sense to a lot of you, but he doesn't have to get up from the sofa to change the channel <laughs> on the telly. <laughs> no, he um. Oh, it's weird. Like he looks unhealthy. Like getting down to whatever weight he has to get down yeah, to. That's, like that's terrifying. But he looks weird in the room. Probably just looks genuinely like Slenderman. He looks like Slenderman. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, like, they're really making a movie. He'd be the, the stunt guy. The gloves look huge on him. Because he's just really like spinning, just really long and thin. Like Ugh. you're like, dude, you should not be fighting a 155. Donald Cerrone should not be fighting a 155. No, he fights. He fight. fights 170 now, though. Yeah, a normal weight that doesn't kill him. Like yeah, and he's pretty damn good at it too. No, he yeah. got beat in his last fight. Oh, did that, like the people talk about Don Cerrone fan last last couple of fights, but he just fights everyone, so it's okay. Yeah, he <laughs> don't care. He's just like, yep, yeah, cool. Fight that guy. Yeah, back two weeks time. I'll fight somebody yeah. else. Was he security guard in the place? No bother. Throw him in the ring. Box dead <laughs> off him as well. Oh no, that combo he got against Rick's the Rick the horror story. Rick can take a, a hiding, but even he turned his back. Went all right. Okay, no, I can't. No, like, it's when he hit him in the chest. That was the thing because he gets the he gets the hook on the chin first, and he's like, oh god damn, that hurt. And then he hits him in the chest. You know what it do? Like you always see people always crumple when they like you get proper winded or they like break like a breastbone or a rib or something they go oh no 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 please stop hitting me like in fairness to, to Rick's story like if he can't take that like no one can take that, that man was, can take a hide that was terrifying though that combination was beautiful but oh it was perfect I dare say like it's better than any like left hand that McGregor's ever delivered yeah. like. there's a lot of talk of Ben Askren getting a fight in the UFC oh that'd be brilliant and they're talking about Khabib and Argumentoff Askren. That'd be hilarious. The wrestling gladiators. I just think Ben Askren would throw him around the ring. <laughs> I think Ben Askren would just be like, just, I'll wrestle you, but you ain't going to hit me, son. <laughs> yeah, going, I just stopped. I just, I just stopped getting hit. <laughs> what, a, what a statement. Light bulb how, off and said, perfect. I figured how it you, out. How's your career lasted so long? I stopped getting hit in the face. <laughs> I just. Yeah. He hasn't for like two years. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's what Floyd Mayweather did for fifty fights, and but he's out fighting in one and that. They allow like kicking on the ground and stuff like that. So he's still not getting hit in the face. Amazing. Yeah, he just doesn't get down there. There's yeah. um, 
there's a load of pictures of, like uh, like memes and stuff in the jiu-jitsu world and stuff like that and it's something like that it's um Fabricio Verdum which is a, who was a black belt of course being a Brazilian um he it just says there's a picture of him like really thick head on him and it just says how do you how do you get out of side control don't even pass your guard yeah just, just which is essentially saying like how do you not get knocked out don't even hit you yeah just don't even hit you it's just why can't all of life be that simple just don't get hit <laughs> top advice top advice Damn. that's that, that's that's the the moral of the story here today folks from thursday thursday show don't get hit in the face don't get hit in the face <laughs> you'll be, be okay <laughs> it's good sound advice i mean you know anyone who wants to disagree i'll punch him in the face and be like yep yeah and they'll realize <laughs> they'll realize yeah getting hit in the face really sucks it really does yeah why does everyone go for the nose as well man if you ever get hit in the, do you ever get hit in the nose when you have a cold Oh, it's like 17 times worse. <laughs> it's like, because this is right. It's it's good and bad because one, it will clear out your nose if you get a, a, a full proper punch straight down the bridge of your nose. But two, it's the most excruciating pain ever because why ever getting a broken nose? But imagine like your whole sinus just going, yeah, or just going to feel like there's, um, you know, <laughs> it would feel like there's fireworks just gone up your nose yeah. and just shooting out your eyelids and out your ears. Unbelievable. So like proper like, ring your bell kind um, of thing yeah that, that does sound like and it's sense. one of those things when you are fighting like you will try and like keep your hands up and fight and try and keep a person away from you but when you get in the nose with a block nose and that just happens you just go oh man just don't hit me again please <laughs> I'm done you win you win I'm done yeah oh, don't kick me Jesus <laughs> hell's wrong with you yeah don't get hit in the face people grow a beard men don't need nipples and um, go running go running yeah Don Stroney's badass Don Stroney's one damn badassest people ever he gets that as a verb only him no one else yeah only him uh, select few brother he's the only one yeah select few but he's like up there in that list the most badass. Not, not, not Balotelli because Balotelli's just pain yeah Balotelli's just pain just, in the hand quarters yeah pain in the Alps and listen you might have a pain in your ear listening to us talk so we're going to wrap it up here at the Thursday Thursday show on Open Tempo FM 68 every week so if you enjoyed this show make sure to tune in next week and check out the podcast on mixcloud.com forward slash Open Tempo FM make sure you stay tuned in for the rest of this evening and of course over the rest of the course of the weekend listen to all the fantastic programming we have here on 105.1 FM or on the stream on opentempofm.com Calm. Make sure to text in on 0894582563 um, or to hit us up on the message board opentempofm.com Let us know that you're listening in and over the course of the whole weekend. Coming up next, we're going to have the Thursday Night Thunder. Thank you. And after that, it will be The Rock Show. And we will leave you with some fantastic Irish music by a couple of lads from Carlo. You might have heard of them. They're called the Stripes. We've been from Graham. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh, just before we go, I'm nearly forgetting to plug all the gigs are on tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So tonight, absolute chock-a-block for music in Waterford with all fantastic talent. Go down to the... Check out the Ishka Bar tonight for the end of the bar. Three fantastic live singer-songwriters. Richie P. Richie P. Richie P. Unbelievable. I saw that dude playing like two years ago uh, in pubs and he was like, he was only small. And now he's grown up and he's a big, big songwriter. Fair play to you, Richie P. Um, also, check out Baby Vegas will be playing in Shorts Bar tonight. And it will be the last outing of Stray Dogs in the Market Bar tonight. <laughs> Go down, check it yeah, out. Get all to the, the hill after every song, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, make sure you go check out all the fantastic music and what for tonight. Keep listening to Open Tempo FM. Enjoy yourselves. Thanks very much for most. Tune in next week. We'll see you then. Check out the podcast. Good luck to you. Eat Mikados. to get it straight you pray for 1958 well go Johnny go